How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are locked on Lakers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Lakers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. I am Anthony Irwin. I am joined by Harrison Fagan. It is a slow news day for Friday, but the good news is the Lakers are unveiling Shaq's statue tomorrow, so we're going to have a Shaq podcast, the big Shaq cast. Or what does he call this podcast? I think it's just like the big podcast. I think it's the big podcast with Shaq, although I guess big podcast would imply that Shaq is a part of it. That's kind of his legacy. Yeah, right. So, but any, but they're as of when you're listening to this on Friday, they're unveiling it tonight. So Anthony we'll, still doesn't understand how time delay on recording a podcast works. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> for people hoping to watch the unveiling Saturday, you might be a little disappointed. Yeah, you're out of luck. Don't go to LA Live on Saturday to watch the statue <laughs> unveiling. The statue, I would assume, will still be there, but it's not going to be the unveiling day. So we're going to talk about that in a second. We're just going to go through our favorite Shaq memories, uh, our you know how he would do in this league, all that good stuff. But before we get to that, make sure you're following the show on Audio Boom, iTunes, Silver Screen and Roll, TuneIn, Stitcher, and today's Fast Break. Make sure you're using the promo codes on SeatGeek and Mac Weldon. Today's show is brought to you by SeatGeek. Use that LO Lakers uh, promo to get $20 back off of your first purchase. So yeah, Shaq, Shaq Diesel. Uh, how, yeah. Like, let's just start. Yeah. Let's just start with. Uh, do you remember where you were, or were you too young to remember where you were when the Lakers got Shaq? Oh yeah, I was. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be too young if I'd been like involved in Lakers fandom at the time that they got Shaq, because that was in like what 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 year was it? Was like nine. It was ninety. I have this right in front of me. It was ninety six. So mm-hmm. I would have been five. So I probably could have remembered if my parents were like big Laker fans, mm-hmm. but. I was not like they were not. I I got into basketball just through kind of watching the playoffs, you know, at one point with my dad and became a Lakers fan through that. A couple years later when they were in the playoffs, it was that Ori buzzer beater. I've told that story a couple times. And, you know, Shaq was pretty involved in all of those teams and was probably my favorite player when I first started watching the Lakers just because when my brothers and I would play outside, I was the bigger one. I was the older brother. And so I would always say that I was Shaq and he would say that he was Kobe. So Shaq was like that. Like that was my guy for like probably the first eight to 10 years of my life or my basketball watching life. So it was July 19th, 1996. I'm looking on here. Uh, it's an old New York times article, uh, pro basketball Lakers get O'Neal in seven year contract. 
Uh, it yeah. was worth $121 million. I'd say they got their money's worth. Yeah, especially considering what Mike Conley just got two hundred just for <laughs> you know comparison for the next I think four or five years. So I know economics are different now, but still, it says that uh, the somebody close with with knowledge of the negotiations said Orlando's offer was close to one hundred and thirty million dollars. So things did not end well there with Shaq. Uh, we'll get to like you know how he ended things with everywhere, and there was there was a time where I thought frankly that there was. A scenario, a very dark scenario, where the Lakers might not retire Shaq's jersey, and you start wondering, wait, so who would retire his jersey, right? Because things did not end well in Los Angeles either. But I, I remember where I was uh, back then. It was I, I don't remember obviously the specific date. I, I googled it really quickly, but I was in the car with my dad. We were driving up to um, my old school because I used to play baseball games up there at the old school. And I remember the the stuff came over the uh, the broad you know, the broadcast the radio cast or whatever and and they said breaking the Lakers just got Shaquille O'Neal and I remember you know my dad was was a, a huge Kareem guy he was a Showtime guy so he just kind of thought well Shaq feels like this big lumbering doofus we'll see how it works out or whatever your dad being anti Shaq is the least surprising thing I've ever heard yeah yeah. <laughs> the, that about sums it up. Although he did eventually warm to him, I think if he didn't warm to Shaq while he was a Laker, you lived a pretty sorry life. But they, you know, so they, they or you were a Kings fan, yeah. But they, so they announced that, and I remember thinking back then, okay, I, I had no idea how the cap worked, so I started thinking like, well, I, I don't, for, I don't remember. I think Shaq was there after the draft, right? Yeah, because the draft is in June. So the Lakers traded Vlade, and I remember thinking, you know, when they traded Vlade, he was really popular. So I remember thinking, oh, man, like, that's a bummer. We'll see how Kobe turns out, but I liked having Vlade on the team. And then we basically turned Vlade into Kobe and Shaq, and I said, well, thanks, Vlade. <laughs> Job well done, buddy. Uh, I had zero loyalty whatsoever. Uh, but that's, that's I specifically remember the road we were on. We were on La Palma going up to uh, to my old school, Bryant Ranch Elementary School. So that was, a, that, was a pretty, that was a pretty exciting day. I remember we, at the baseball game, everybody all anybody wanted to talk about was Shaq. And I, I don't even remember how the game turned out, but I remember my coach just saying, all right, let's, let's mercy these guys so we could get back and listen to more about Shaq. Little did anyone know when you were, you know, a poor child that was like inconsolable, I would imagine, about the loss of Vlade Divac, that he would come up with a critical assist on one of the Lakers plays during that three-peat era just a few years later. Yeah, well, that's that's the irony in all of this that I don't think I don't think very, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you obviously knew that Vlade was a Laker, but there are a, a good constituent, uh, there's a good portion of the Lakers constituency that when that happened, when Vlade tipped that pass out to Ori, they didn't. They just hated Vlade because he talked so much shit on the Lakers back then. Yeah, well, I, I mean, hey, I can't blame them for that, but he he showed his true colors when it mattered most. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, we'll get back to more about Shaq. We'll talk about like the early Lakers years and and our fondest memories of him. But before we get to that. Let's go ahead and talk about SeatGeek really quickly. SeatGeek is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets online. I love the deal score. I talk about the deal score all the time. I'm actually thinking about going to the uh, Laker game 
by the time everybody's listening to this tonight, I'm, I'm thinking about going to the Laker game tonight because the tickets are pretty cheap and I'd like to see Carl and Anthony Towns play. So uh, I'm going to go on SeatGeek. I was just on there a little bit earlier. The tickets are – there's a few good deals out there. Uh, I think Section 104 is for like 80 bucks. So that's a pretty good uh, that's a pretty good deal there. Although I might set a price alert, which you like to talk about. Yeah, and it would allow you to do what I do when I'm looking for seats and be cheap. And you can look for you can say what you're willing to pay, and SeatGeek will let you know when that happens, and they'll let you know right on your mobile phone, and you can order tickets right from your mobile phone. And it's it could not be easier. I've told this story now maybe once or twice, but I just did it a week or two ago in New York. Ordered tickets for me and five of my friends to go to the Garden and watch the Knicks take on the the Pacers and future Laker Paul George and. And they did so, and like it probably took us less than five minutes. There you go, and and you know it's also really cool because you can just show them your ticket from your phone. They scan your phone as you're walking in. You just you're you're good to go right there. You don't have to worry about printing out the ticket. My wife and I don't actually own a printer right now, so you know that kind of is, is a clutch application or part of the application. So yeah, use Seek use that promo code uh, LO Lakers to get twenty bucks back on your first purchase using the app. And tell your friends too. If if you guys are all going somewhere and you think your friend hasn't used SeatGeek before, tell them if you use this, you get twenty dollars off of your purchase or back from your purchase. So that's That's a, what we did. I took sometimes guest co host Bryant Freeze's phone and I ordered those tickets and we got the twenty dollars back. There you go. So so tell your friends. It's uh it's LO Lakers on SeatGeek.com. If you're using your computer, download the SeatGeek app. It's the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets online. All right, so let's go ahead. Or don't do that and use their phone without telling them and then just wait for the receipt to come in to talk about it. <laughs> just, I'm not saying I did that and I'm not saying anyone should actually do that, but you could. I think Harrison just told people to steal from their friends. Only your friends, though. Don't do it to any strangers. That that would be immoral. Yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and get back to Sack. So we talked about the day he the 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 uh, signing was announced. Uh, he and Kobe. It Kobe as a rookie. People tend to forget this. I know they forget this based off of my mentions. But Kobe's early years as a rookie were pretty frustrating because he had. I believe Eddie Jones was yeah Eddie Jones was still on the team at the time so he had to he had Eddie Jones playing ahead of him and and Eddie is great he's a fan favorite in and of his own but Kobe wasn't you know people tend to think that as soon as Kobe stepped on a basketball court he was the next Michael Jordan and there's no question about it uh, but the Kobe Shaq early relationship they had a couple playoff exits there was a famous one where he airballed three times in a row. And there was some question as to whether or not Kobe and Shaq would figure this out. Uh, those early years, though, when I think the Lakers had four or five All-Stars. They had Van Exel, Eddie Jones, Shaq, and Kobe were the four All-Stars that they sent one year. And those that, that you know pre-title Shaq teams were a ton of fun. Do you remember anything about those teams at all? No, not at all. <laughs> all right. Tell me about them, Dad. I will. So uh, I remember this distinctly. Shaq, Shaq is a huge individual. Breaking. Shaq is big. <laughs> but I, it was just insane to me to watch somebody who was so big. And and back right when the Lakers signed him, he was still in that like he was transitioning from when he was in Orlando. He was 
he was pretty chiseled or whatever. And he comes to L.A. and you know he still looked like an enormous individual, but he wasn't he wasn't quite the 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 physical the Greek mythological specimen that he was in Orlando. And you would see this humongous dude going up and down the court. And and my favorite thing from back then was if it was like a three on one or a two on one, and whoever had the ball first on the on the break would you know take their time and let Shaq get up there and the poor defender would see Shaq coming at them and the ball would get over to him and he'd take you know if he had to take a dribble whatever he would rise up and he would just throw down this thunderous dunk and there were a whole bunch of business decisions being made back then I was gonna say more often than not those guys were just kind of like nah fam we'll get them next time (laughs) there was (laughs) There were very few charges t- tr- attempted on on Shaq back then because I'm sure that drove coaches ballistic. They're like, "Why didn't you try to take a charge? You were right there." He's like, "Coach, I don't want to die." Well, it kind of reminds me of like quick tangent, but uh, Dwight Howard was playing. He was in Orlando still, and he was playing against Nikola Pekovic, and uh, Stan Van Gundy kept screaming at him, like, "Box out, Peck! You got to keep Peck out of the paint," or why aren't you getting better position on, on, on Peck? This is, this guy's killing you. And Dwight in one timeout gets frustrated enough to turn around back to Stan Van Gundy and says, dude, this is the strongest MFR I have ever met. (laughs) (laughs) And, and I think that's what was going on when Shaq was going down the, the court of like a coach would tell the player, player X, why didn't you, you know, why didn't you try to foul him? Why didn't you try to take a charge? And I would imagine the player would just look back at him like, yo, I have kids to feed. <laughs> I can't die on the job. I want to here. play another 10 years, coach. <laughs> exactly. So so that was pretty exciting. Those old Venexel Jones, Kobe, Shaq, that I think it was only like one year that they had those guys because eventually they traded Eddie Jones. I believe he was part of the Glenn Rice deal. And when Glenn Rice came over, they then also had a, uh, AC Green, and that was the first title team. That was the that was the first of the three peat titles. When Shaq or uh, Phil Jackson comes over to coach, Glenn Rice comes in, and you had a starting lineup of I think Harper was still on the team then too. You had a starting lineup of Harper, Kobe, Rice, AC Green, and Shaq. And you know they talk. You know, any time there are three like pretty good players in today's NBA, the the, the big three. Uh, title come you know gets thrown around. They would Rice, Shaq, and Kobe weren't called the big three. I remember KCal Nine and Vin, uh, or uh, not Vin, uh, Chick would call them the three amigos, and uh, they had all kinds of you know kooky little promos for any time Glenn Rice made a three. Uh, Kobe was athletic enough to dunk on everybody. Shaq was dunking on everybody. That first title team to me was my favorite one of of all of them because it was the first one it was the first it was the first time that you know I was born in 86 so it was the first Lakers uh championship that I was cognizant of do you remember the first Lakers championship yeah 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 of course I I I that was the one I mean I I remember vaguely watching that it really wasn't until the next playoff run when I became like a diehard fan as a kid Mm-hmm. Because it was just like my my dad was a very fair weather fan. We didn't have basketball on unless it was the playoffs or it was Michael Jordan when I was growing up. And so it, it kind of didn't come up as much. And then it was after that second 
run when they repeated that I was all of a sudden trying to watch every single Lakers game that I could. There you go. So the, the And haven't stopped since. So the second title run was the year that I believe they had that was the year that they had Horace Grant as their power forward cuz all three of their years That was the year Shaq won MVP, his only one. Which is almost unanimous if not for one knucklehead voting for Iverson. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Lo and behold, there'd be more knuckleheads voting for Iverson the very next year. Uh, yeah. So, the, so that year, that year was the year that they had Horace Grant. I believe Ron Harper was still around, but Derek Fisher was playing a larger role on that team. Derek Fisher and Kobe were drafted the same year. Um, and what I remember the most from that second year, that wasn't the sixteen and one year, was it? I don't think it was. Yeah, it was. It was. There was the sixteen. Yeah, that so- was the year they beat Iverson in the finals. And no. they had the one loss in game one in L.A. Was that? I thought that was the third year. No, that was that one. Okay. Oh, yes, you're right. And then the following year, they swept uh, Byron Scott's Nets, right? And that's a fine. No, that isn't. We aren't talking about them, like, in a mean way. I think it's only a, a fine if I'm talking about them in a <laughs> mean way. You just like to change the rules, but it's fine. <laughs> I moved the field goals a little bit there. So so then, you know, from that from that team then, when you when you started – I would imagine in those playoff games, I, I I've never seen you like outright cheer. You're kind of Spockian, in that sense. But I'm a journalist. But but so you have <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I paint a picture of you losing your mind over the Lakers back then. Okay, well, so I'll, I I think I've told this story before, but the when Shaq hit or when Ori hit that shot that kind of solidified my basketball fandom, my younger my me and two of my younger brothers, the third one was not quite uh, was either not born or not quite walking yet at that point, and the the two two of the younger brothers and I we were at a hotel in Palm Springs watching that game with my dad, and we started running around. We took off our shirts and started running around the entire third floor after Ori hit that shot, just like multiple, just doing laps, screaming. There you go. Uh, I would love to watch that. The shirt off part is is tremendous. Honestly, the okay. So you want this is another tangent, but the probably the best slash maybe saddest in retrospect story that I have is when my dad, he took us to his company at the time. They, they had box seats at Staples. And he took us, this was a couple years later, and he took us to a Lakers game. And we were trying to, we were, the whole game, we were trying to convince one of his subordinates to take his shirt off and swing it around his head like we were. <laughs> in a corporate box, bear in mind. my my We were kind of animals. And uh, like... <laughs> and the whole game we were trying to do this and then I guess by the end of the game the guy must have had like two or three beers at least and he decided to do it and then later I found out that that guy did not work at my dad's company anymore oh no oh, I mean I don't no. think he I don't think he got let go for that I think it was like later down the line but I couldn't help but feel a little guilty at that one yeah that's that's uh that's too bad poor but guy but Sha- Shaq inspires so much enthusiasm that he gets employees fired <laughs> <laughs> that's tremendous. I hope that guy wound up being like a CEO somewhere, and like Hopefully. that's. I don't. That's... I don't remember his name. If you're a listener, thank you. That's one of my most cherished childhood memories. <laughs> Not the firing part, but the convincing him. All right. I'm knowing you. The firing part is a nice little 
cherry on top. No, come on, man. <laughs> Don't put that on me. I was I was like twelve ish. All right, so I think since we're on this, since we're talking about our favorite Shack memory, I think my favorite Shack memory. Uh, I mean, obviously, everybody's going to point to Kobe crossing over Pippen, throwing the lob up to Shaq, and Staples The Center. Shaq celebration is the iconic part of that. It's not even the lob. It's the look on his face and pointing both arms up in the air, and as he's running back down court. Like, that's the that's what I remember from that moment. I would say, I yes, I I would tend to agree, but I would also add to that, though, that that might be one of the greatest camera angles in the history of basketball. Yeah, there there are very, very few situations where I like when the camera operators or the directors play around with where they're shooting the game from. And that is one case where they were totally justified to go to that angle. Yeah, and it was – and I remember watching from that play, I'm thinking – Oh my god! Like, if if there are people out there, if there are conspiracy theorists out there who think that some of this stuff is scripted, then sure, right? Because that was the perfect camera angle on it. I remember Scottie Pippen disappearing. Well, I don't think they were on that. They weren't on that angle live. That was like a secondary yeah. shot. Yeah, but but yeah, but I'm, what I'm saying though is that like getting that angle could not have been more perfect. Yeah. You know? I mean, just the way Kobe rocks back and forth, gets past Pippen, and then you just all of a sudden see this giant, like, quick, somehow quickly lumbering blur Mm -hmm. come out of your peripheral vision and just out of nowhere to just throw down a dunk. Like, that kind of is, that was what Shaq was. He was this, like, deceptively quick, he was gigantic. No person that big should have been able to move as quickly as Shaq did. Yeah. And and that's why when people talk about, you know, how would Shaq I don't I haven't heard anybody dumb enough to wonder like whether Shaq would fit in today's league. I haven't heard like there that person does not does not exist. Right? Uh, that person definitely exists. You probably just have to go find them. I'd rather not. So they that that person though or or, or when people consider how Shaq would would fit in today's game and and spacing and all these things, I there isn't a there isn't a player in today's NBA who you wouldn't have to still probably double and or triple team Shaq. And that's kind of what my, my favorite memory of Shaq is. It's not a singular memory. Uh, but what I used to love Shaq doing, and I talked about this with, with Adam on a previous show, he would get the ball in the post, and he had such big hands, right? I remember Gatorade released their, their gallon-sized uh, bottles, and on it they had... Shaq's hand, which basically almost completely <laughs> circled this this Gatorade bottle, but he had the ball up in one big paw, and he he hoisted the ball high above his head, and he would just kind of scan how the help defense was working, right? And and he would you know if he had to take a dribble, he would take a dribble to ignite the help defense, and he would fire these fastballs. They would always hit the Rick Foxes, the Robert Orries, the Derek Fishers, the Kobe's, directly in the numbers, right in rhythm. And to me, for somebody like that's something that you know people think dunks with Shaq. Like Avita Zubats today, uh, Mike Trudell asked him about 
you know his what he remembers of Shaq, and and Avitsa said he dunked everything. He's nineteen. He doesn't remember Shaq. Oh no, I, I agree. But I, I just he doesn't remember Lakers Shaq. Yeah, and, and so but what I what I but that's like the first thing people think about, right? Like is yeah. this big dominating presence who would just physically just rip your heart out basically he would just move you out of the way if you were in his way he would just back you up like you you couldn't stop him i also remember like the old you know when they played um when they played the the sixers and dikembe mutombo would stick his face in there on defense and Shaq would hit him with uh an elbow and it would look like remember when when i think it's daffy duck daffy duck would get shot with a shotgun in the face and like his beak would would spin around his like poor Matumbo's like entire face would just do this full swirl anytime Shaq made contact with him but anywho um I think what I'll remember Shaq for is those just those plays and and it takes it takes intelligence that that I don't think Shaq necessarily gets credit for in his game it takes skill that I know Shaq doesn't get credit for in this game, and strength, obviously, to be able to fire 90-mile-an-hour fastballs with a basketball at and, and hit it with pinpoint accuracy. That's what I, I think I'll remember the most from Shaq. And, and to, on that note, the first two years of the three-peat, he almost assisted on, tw- he assisted on almost 20% of the Lakers' possessions while on the floor, which is an insane number for a center. Do you have his finals numbers or his playoff numbers in front of you? Uh, yes, I do. Because those are laughable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, his playoff numbers are just ludicrous. Like, he during the during the three peat, he averaged almost thirty points per game in the playoffs. Uh-huh. Yeah, he averaged thirty, just over thirty the first two years, and then twenty eight and a half the last year. He averaged just around around thirteen rebounds during those years, <laughs> and, while shooting above like about fifty five percent from the field around there. And I think blocks too. I think he had like three or four blocks a game or something like that. Yeah, he had two two point four. Yeah, like two and a half blocks per game. Yeah, he was, and that's and that's kind of the funny thing. So people give him a hard time with his analysis, and I I like I don't I'm not a huge fan of his like. Definitely, like the way he. Hey, man, talks. I think it, you just the easiest thing to do would be to tell everybody to just go make their man barbecued chicken too. <laughs> if I could play like that, right? Like that's that's what people don't quite realize is that Shaq. I remember with like Dwight when he was a Laker, Shaq would say like, "Just go out there and score eight points a quarter, grab four rebounds a quarter, and you would wind up with a what was it a, a thirty-two and sixteen game." Yeah, like, so I, Shaq always has waiting his math about like what you have to do per quarter. <laughs> And and you kind of look back at his his finals and his playoff averages because I think those all, those numbers all went up in the finals somehow. Um, but yeah, those first three years he averaged almost a thirty per. Good lord! <laughs> like he was just a complete monster. I, I think people almost it's cliche to say that people forget that now because most people understand that Shaq was a good player, but it would crack good. me up. To watch Draymond Green try and defend him during that lineup of death. Now maybe Shaq would have some issues, you know, extending out to the three point line, whatever, with the those Warriors teams. But I remember somehow last year that was a discussion point. Like, would the seventy three win Warriors beat those Lakers, the three peat ones? And it's just like their most effective thing was going to the lineup of death. And it's not like Bogut would have done much better against Shaq. No. Like, I mean, Bogut's a great defender. You got to give him credit. But it, it does. It just didn't matter against that version of Shaq. Playoff teams had to employ four or five extra seven footers just so that Shaq could foul them out. 
Yeah, I remember right around, it was right when Shaq either got into the Hall of Fame or right around then when Bill Orm of the OC Register actually wrote a piece. He went back and he ran the numbers essentially on how many teams had centers on their roster. (laughs) And there was basically guys at the end of the bench that were getting like a million dollars just to be an extra six fouls in case of Shaq. Like every team had these kind of extra just breaking case of giant shock. guys that they could just throw in there hopefully yeah it was it was like a, it was like a you know there's a fire extinguisher but instead of a fire extinguisher it was a seven foot human being you break in case of shack yeah and those guys stepped out and were six and much hours. less effective than a fire extinguisher yes <laughs> it was like if a fire extinguisher had like a cup of water behind it <laughs> But also had like oil mixed into the water, like had a yeah. little bit of extra. Like, like occasionally it just like blow up in your face. Yeah, it it actually you know people have made this point a bunch, but it's it's insane that Shaq didn't get into more fights because that's all people could do. Like it was it was hit Shaq as hard as you possibly could. I've painted this picture before, but back when the Lakers and Kings were a rivalry, and it, it made it even more effective because the Kings wore black uniforms, but Shaq would get the ball underneath. And you would see like four or five kings jump onto Shaq's back. And back then was right around the time that The Matrix was out. And you know that scene where Keanu Reeves' character, his name, is it Neo? No, it's not Neo. It's Neo. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a fish. Uh, but, but Neo would like kind of, he, you know, he had all the, the Agent Smiths, I think were their names. Yes. The, all the Agent Smiths jumped on top of him. And you just heard this like faint, like, you know, that, that, that bass noise. And then you would see all these bodies fly up into the air. And it was the same thing when Shaq would get the ball, he would, he would get the ball down low. Vladi would jump on one arm. Chris Webber would jump on another one. Mike Bibby would like tug on his shorts and, and Shaq, you would just hear this. And all those guys would go flying. Shaq would just reach up, and he had this cool dunk where he would be on the left side of the basket, but he would dunk it with his right, and he would kind of go, you know, from the left side of his body up into the up to the basket, and he would pull down the basket with him, and he would do this just maniacal strut back to the free throw line, and, uh, and he, he was just so damn good. And I think that paints his analysis nowadays, where. He, it's hard for, you know, it's why Magic wasn't a very good coach. Magic would just say, like, why can't you do the things that I could do? Yeah, it's crazy because they're like, if you look at Staples Center, you have to go look for it. But up in the rafters, there are still pieces of multiple King centers lodged <laughs> up there. Like, they've never taken them down. Actually, that's probably why Vlade made that DeMarcus Cousins trade. He's still concussed from having to, to, to deal with Shaq. No, see, he didn't want to trade DeMarcus Cousins to the Lakers because he just didn't want to have to, like, there was, he didn't want any chance that he was going to have to go back to Staples Center. Yeah, yeah. He'd, he'd maybe find, like, a finger up there somewhere. But yeah, uh, the other the, another funny memory, and I guess this will be my last one, but my, another funny memory was also from that Kings rivalry. Uh, there was the fight that Rick Fox and I think it was Doug Christie had, and Doug Christie, Doug Christie got one on Fox. He he punched. He just like an uppercut, uh, uppercut I believe, on uh, Rick Fox's perfectly chiseled chin, and the fight carried it spewed into the tunnel. And I remember, no, we didn't necessarily have HD or HD was relatively new back then. My TV back then wasn't very good, so it, it almost made it more effective. But it was kind of like you you saw this fight going on in, in the tunnel, and you saw this humongous mass 
making his way, you know, to this fight from from the the tunnels from the downside of Staples Center, and you just started seeing bodies fly because he was trying to get to his boy Rick Fox while all these kings were back there. And I might be remembering that wrong. I was a kid, and I have done things to my brain uh, in college that I probably should not have done. But I just remembered back then just looking at, like, those poor guys. Or when that time he almost killed Brad Miller with, like, swinging his arm like a club. He was just – I'm going to miss – it's crazy. Kobe retires. Shaq retires. That era th- is gone. I think that's the lasting memory of Shaq is that it was it was actually dangerous for other players to attempt to defend him. Yeah. Like not like sometimes we say like a guy is like he's a killer, he's a monster, whatever. But like it guys were actually putting themselves in like harm's way trying to defend Lakers version of Shaq. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's the best way to sum it up. So congratulations to Shaq on getting a statue. Sorry for the for the uh, snarky response tweet back to him when he when he tweeted out the statue kind of lying face forward on the on the ground as it's going up but it's going to be a really cool moment magic won't be there because he's going to be scouting ucla and kentucky but i would i will be there in his stead i I would imagine i i would hope that kobe will be there for that i kobe is reportedly will be there yeah so i would those two uh it's cool to see them set aside their differences in in the later years it's too bad they they how many titles do you think they they would have ripped off they won three as it is i mean they got stopped in the last one so i don't know that it's a guarantee that they would have won a ton more i I think things that ended up working out the in the best way possible for both of them i mean maybe they could have reconciled at the time but it just seemed like it was time for them to part ways they got stopped though because carl malone uh, that's true yeah they, they had to throw luke walton out there to defend rasheed wallace far too much yeah so i i think i think they probably rip off in a perfect world they maybe rip off another title or two they walk yeah maybe five or six. i just i do have to say that i'm happy that it came out today that Shaq believing that the earth is flat was just him trolling all of us because <laughs> that would have i think colored his legacy a little bit i i would i would imagine so so anyway i hope everybody enjoys this everybody uh Tune in. When is the the Shaq unveiling? Is it? Do you know it's before specs? tomorrow's game against the Timberwolves. Uh, if I, I believe it starts at four and will go till five. There's there's events and stuff going on outside of Staples Center for most of the afternoon leading up to the game. But the actual unveiling is from four to five. Yeah, I'm gonna try to convince the wife to get out there for the game. And if if we do get out there, we'll probably be there early enough to catch the Shaq the Shaq veiling, the big unveil. Uh, what was your favorite Shaq nickname, since we're on it, kind of? Uh, my favorite Shaq? Well, it's handy that I have basketball reference pulled up, because I, <laughs> I I think it was Big Aristotle that I liked, but let me look at some of these. They have a disappointing amount of his own self-given given nicknames on basketball reference. I really thought it would be like half a page long, <laughs> but he, he they, they got Shaq, Diesel, the Big Aristotle, Shaq Daddy, and Warrior. Where did Warrior come from? I don't know. I've never even heard that one. I liked the big Shaktus I thought was funny. But big <laughs> Aristotle I really liked. I mean, it makes no sense, but I, I liked it. All right, so I, I, I Googled Shaq nicknames. You talked about big Aristotle, the big cactus when he went to Phoenix. Uh, the big agave might be my favorite one because tequila's great. Uh, Manny Shakiao, big daddy. Oh <laughs> the big banana, the big shamrock when he went to, to the Celtics. Hobo Master, the Big Shaktus, Mayor McShack, Big Shamrock again, the Big Equotatious, which is I, 
I remember that one, and I also remembered he. I one time he made like ten free throws in a row, and he wanted to call himself Shakachic or something. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna finish with the one everybody knows him best with the big Galactus, the big conductor, <laughs> the big Barishnikov. Wilt Chamberneasy is a great one. I remember that. That was great. <laughs> Diesel, the big leprechaun, Shaq Fu, the big IPO, Dr. Shaq, the big Maravich, the big field general, the big felon, uh, which is funny because he's a police officer now. And uh, lastly, Superman. Uh, Superman yep. is, is getting the getting the Superman tattoo and then also being angry at Dwight for, for <laughs> Dwight ripping off Superman as well. It was pretty perfectly and, Shaq. And Kazam. Sorry, everyone. Oh. I was trying to, I was trying to end it on a, on a positive note. I want like, has anybody actually gotten a serious response from him of like while he was recording that that he thought it was a good movie? I think it's hard to tell sometimes, and you know when you're when we're younger, we all think a lot of good like bad movies are good. In like five years or whatever, ten years, we're gonna look back at these podcasts thinking at the time that they were good, but, <laughs> but we we'll see what they turn into. But you guys should keep listening for sure. Yeah. All right, so that does it, though, for, for the Shaq conversation. Uh, congratulations again to him. Uh, if I do get out there, I'll, I'll send a tweet out there, and, and I'll tell people where I'm at. Come have a beer with me or something. Uh, don't have a beer with Harrison because he's going to be working. Yeah, I mean, I'll, 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 you could come say hi to me, but I, I can't drink anyway, and <laughs> I won't drink a beer with you. It's nothing personal. <laughs> but I, I always do like interacting with listeners. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, have a good weekend. Uh, if, if you're out of town or whatever, be safe. We'll talk to everybody again on Monday. And, uh, and yeah, subscribe on Audio Tune, Audio Boom, Audio Tune, Audio Boom, <laughs> iTunes, Silver Screen and Roll, Tune and Stitcher in today's Fast Break. Today's show was brought to you by SeatGeek. Use that promo code LOLakers to get $20 off of your first purchase. Harrison is trying to convince you guys to steal from your friends. I wouldn't necessarily go that far, but hey, if that's I, I didn't say to. steal. I didn't say I never said steal. Don't I, legally. I never said steal. Finagle. I don't. I don't know. We don't need to put labels on it. <laughs> Have a great weekend, everybody. Can you dig it? Mm-hmm.